Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, you guys. This is Misty, and this is Lattes and Legends. It is Sunday, and I'm slowly recovering from our antics from last night. So if I sound a little off, that's why. Um, so yeah, I made myself a chai tea latte with vanilla and some double espresso I'm at home it's been a day it's been a Sunday I've taken many naps many naps and I did laundry and I did some research for the podcast so yeah um, coffee mugs are here they're super cute stickers are here they are super cute working on shirts so if you want any of that stuff, you can find it at lattesandlegendspodcast.com. And if you are local, I can bring it to you. You can come pick it up. Whatever you want to do. So I hope everyone has had a spectacular weekend. And I hope you have made good choices. And you don't feel the way I do right now. Um, Alright, so... I have a couple of Colorado urban legends today, which I've seemed to be focusing on lately. I found a ton, and I went down the Colorado rabbit hole of urban legends. So you might get some Colorado ones for a little bit. There's some cool ones, um, and it just happens to be where I live, so it's very interesting to me. Um, yeah, some awesome things happened this week. I'll be back to school for those who start back to school or started back to school. Ready for Monday. All right, let's roll with this one. This is the ghost of Adolf Coors III. 
And I found this on coloradourbanlegend.com. Um, if you guys don't know, Colorado is the home of Coors beer. Delicious, nutritious, way to go Coors. All right. Um, 59 years ago, this huge manhunt set off trying to find out what happened to the Coors heir, Mr. Adolf Coors III. He was 44 years old at the time. Um, So he was the victim of a botched kidnapping that left him dead. So here's some history on our friend Adolf. He went by the name Ad. He was very cheerful and easygoing, and pretty much everyone that liked everyone that met him liked him. He graduated from Cornell. He was the CEO of and chairman of Coors Brewing. On February the 9th, he had breakfast with his wife and he started his 10-mile journey to work. 12-mile journey to work. So every website that I've seen on this quote doesn't really say if he was driving or walking so I'm assuming he was walking but I'm not quite sure maybe he was on horseback maybe he was riding a donkey who the hell knows but we're gonna go with 12 mile journey on foot that's what we'll say if I'm wrong don't sue me I just don't know where to find the correct information um so about a mile from his house he saw a yellow sedan yellow sedan um, that was stopped on the side of the road and he stopped to see if this person needed help. The man in the car was called Joe Corbett and he had recently escaped from a minimum security prison um, and had been plotting the kidnapping of Mr. Coors III. His plan was to kidnap Coors and get a huge ransom from his family. Coors decided that he did not want to get in this man's car. He fought back. Corbett didn't really know what to do, so he shot him twice. Um, Eight days later, the body of, or rather, the car was found. And it was burned pretty badly. Um, When police investigated in and around the car, they noticed that there was some dirt in the car that matched up with the dirt around the area where Mr. Coors disappeared. So there's that. Um, In September, the bloody clothes of Mr. Coors were found about, sorry, and about a week later, his body was found near Pikes Peak. Um, He had been decapitated, so there's that. So about 13 months after all this went down, Corbett was finally found on this crazy manhunt and tried for first-degree murder. He was sentenced to prison, and he only served 20 years. Hmm. He got out for good behavior. Oh, I can't imagine 
only sending someone to prison for 20 years that was convicted of murder. It just baffles me how these things used to happen. Oh, it's fine. He's great. He's good. Let's let him go. Um, so, Corbett lived pretty much a sad, quiet, and lonely life. He was a truck driver, um, and from what I found, all the sources say he drove trucks for the Salvation Army. Um, he made horrible money, but it was enough to pay for his apartment um, near Denver. So, in 2009, early enough, he was found dead in his apartment from a single gunshot wound to the head. He did not leave a note, anything like that, so... Um, many of the sites say that the guilt finally caught up to him and, you know, as he got older, his brain started to think more about those things and so he shot himself. Alright, now to the urban legend. Uh, uh, so, on a curvy road... In Morrison, Colorado, you can find the bridge where Coors' body was found. There is a bizarre energy here that makes people's cars stall out on the bridge. Um, You can hear footsteps if you actually get out of your car. Hold, please. What is with people wanting to drive on creepy bridges and just getting out of their cars? I don't understand. If you guys can enlighten me with this, that would be amazing. Um, people have also heard a raspy voice um, that's trying to talk to them. And people think that it could possibly be um, Mr. Coors trying to um trying to talk to the drivers to tell them that he is Mr. Coors. Sorry guys, my thoughts are not really with me right now. I told you. Might be a little questionable today. Um, So that is the urban legend of the ghost of Adolf Coors III. Um... So what's crazy is I know that I live in the state where Coors beer comes from. I never knew the story about Adolf Coors. Um, I did hear it on the podcast. I think it was my favorite murder, I think. And I was so baffled by this happening in the state where I live. It was so crazy. Um, So yeah, shout out to my favorite murder, which is my favorite podcast. I've also been listening to a lot of And That's Why We Drink. Those girls are awesome too. One day I will be as amazing as all of those ladies. Alright. The next urban legend that I have for you today is about a vampire grave. So, I found information on dgomagazine.com, onlineyourstate.com, 
Roadwaymarking.com, RoadsideAmerica.com, and uh, some paranormal site. Oh, I don't remember what it was called. Oh, um, I'll find it at some point. Um, so yeah, let's talk about the vampire grave. This is also in Colorado in Lafayette, Colorado. Or if you live in Georgia, you say Lafayette. Um, and it's at the Lafayette Municipal Cemetery. There is a grave site that has been rumored to be one of, you guessed it, a vampire. So why do people think that this grave belongs to a vampire? So the main reason is because of the word Transylvania on the gravestone. Um, when people first began to see this gravestone, of course, the string of paranormal investigations and inquiries and digging of historical um, records began. Um, about five years ago, the American Association of Paranormal Investigators, um, which is in Aurora, Colorado, they decided to do some digging and find out the history of this gravestone. So apparently two people are buried here. One story told me it was two immigrant miners. Another story told me it was a husband and wife. So, um, in both stories, the two people died in 1918 in December on different days. The grave reads Mr. Fodder Glava. That's F-O-D-O-R-G-L-A-V-A. He was born in Romania, and that is what um, got the urban legend going about him. Um, this is the only grave site in this cemetery that has these markings. I do have a picture of it. It will go up on Instagram today uh, when the podcast is released, so I gotta remind myself to do that. The words on the gravestone look as if they were etched very quickly and by someone who was not a professional. When I looked at the markings, I mean, one of my preschoolers could have done better. I mean, the handwriting is terrible, rather the etching, and it could, you know, it could have been someone that was from Romania and did not write very well in English, so there's also that theory. The grave is very hard to find. Um, now, it, it was actually tangled up in a rose bush once. Uh, the rose bush was growing out of the grave, and many people say that where the vampire's heart would be is where the rose bush was shooting out. Locals are pretty scared of the site. Uh, many people will refuse to go near it or even look in its direction when they're at the cemetery. Some people have seen a tall, thin man with dark hair and really long fingernails sitting on the grave, and he is generally dressed in a long black coat. The chief of police even told the locals that he found a doll stuck with pins through the heart at the top of the grave. Yikes! guys don't go near that kind of stuff some tomfoolery happening all right um on halloween 
there are a lot of visitors, lots and lots and lots. So people have said that they've heard dark voices and seen the thin man next to the grave. Some people have even poured salt on the grave, which I don't really know why they do that. I don't know. Um, other people say you should never touch it because he will haunt you for the rest of your life. Alright, so much like the other um, story last last one, I don't know. Um, I have some reviews and tips about visiting the vampire grave. This is from roadsideamerica.com. Um, so these are visitor tips and news about the vampire grave. So I'll start with one from someone called Kathy Waters. And it's titled, Alleged Vampire Grave. Kathy Waters writes, I cannot say this attraction was very scary to me, but I do have a rebuff for the youngster who claims this didn't appear until after I was born and I am 17. My husband and I lived in Lafayette, Colorado, five years before the person that wrote told the vampire legend by a 40-year-old who had been born in the town and lived there his whole life. He first heard mention of it back when he was a teen, so a good 20 years prior to 1986 when we lived there, making this legend at least 42 years old. When we were there in the mid-1980s, the site was so overgrown with bushes and trees growing from where the chest area could be assumed to have been. We went in daylight and dark and didn't find anything overtly creepy, but we don't scare easily. It was a colorful local story though, and is worth a stop if you're in the area and you have a, a curiosity for such things. Okay. Um, let's see what else. What else, what else, what else? Here's one from Drea Pendragon. And it's simply called Vampire Grave. She writes, After reading a couple of entries on the web about a vampire grave, our paranormal team decided to get this legend a bit deeper and find out if he was truly a vampire. After over a year of researching everything we could about the grave and the cemetery itself, we found very little about Mr. Guava, the vampire. But we did find out quite a bit within the readings of our equipment. Our investigation in that cemetery is a multiple level ongoing case for us, since the evidence keeps pouring in each time we go there. Over the last two years, our team has collected over 100 paranormal photographs, as well as EVP recordings. One of these EVP recordings was taken right, after, right by the vampire grave and clearly asked, do you want my steak? Two of the main instruments used are the EFM, EMF reader and the temperature gauge. The EMF always reads into the teens and 20s. Readings that large are varied are one form of proof um, that ghosts are there and hauntings are taking place, as well as cold spots reaching as low as negative 47 degrees on a night that was otherwise, otherwise rather mild. 
After all this time getting to know the cemetery and its occupants, we've become part of the local urban legend. It's easy to get the local residents a bit frightened, considering all that they believe about the vampire grave. Just the flash of a camera or flashlight during a quiet night will send a passerby on the sidewalk screaming and running. Young boys dare each other to run into the depths of the cemetery and touch the vampire stone. Local police even report in several local newspapers over the years that odd things have happened because of the grave. Halloween night always attracts people who believe he will rise as they wait with cameras to capture his awakening. Some even leave voodoo tokens on the stone for good luck or praise. Although we do not believe he is a vampire, we do know he's active and very much aware he's dead and buried, and perhaps a bit angry over the label of vampire being put on him without grounds. He'll never really know who or what he might have been, but looking for the answer is proving to be pretty funny and intriguing in and of itself. Um, alright, so, wow, that was a good, um, review from the paranormal expert, Drea Pendragon. So, I think, um, I don't know, this is a pretty interesting story, and I guess I'm gonna post some pictures. Um, I also found some pictures that, um, Miss, Miss Pendragon put up, so, um, if they are permitted for use, I'll put those up on Instagram as well. Um, I'm pretty stoked about my next episode. I've already um, collected research for it. Um, and some of these stories are pretty funny. Some of them are terrifying. Um, and some of them I just don't know how to describe uh yeah so um wednesday i will be talking about urban legends that you heard as a child or a teenager um yeah i guess that some of these stories are out of control Thanks for listening. Again, I'm so sorry. Like the past few podcasts have been like me feeling like absolute hell. But um, taking a little weekend sabbatical soon, so maybe I can rest up for that. Anyway, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out Instagram, Lattes and Legends. Facebook, Lattes and Legends Podcast, Twitter, uh, email is lattesandlegends at gmail.com, and stickers, coffee mugs, info about the podcast at lattesandlegendspodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. I will talk to you again on Wednesday. Hope that everyone has a fantastic Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Thank you. Later. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.